Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's Monday, October 10th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes from Yankee Stadium in uh, the Bronx, New York. Uh, Hoynesy getting ready for the Division Series opener between the Yankees and the Guardians. Uh, what's the scene like there uh, in New York uh, today? What, what What's it look like as you're, as you're sitting up there in the press box? Well, you know, both teams have, are done working out, Joe. Everybody's had the press conferences. Uh, and right now it's it's empty. You know, you can uh, you hear the planes flying overhead from, you know, headed to LaGuardia. And uh, but it's a serene setting right now. I don't think it's going to be serene uh, on Tuesday night. Yeah, that uh, that will not be the case uh, when the Guardians and Yankees kick it off Tuesday. Uh, game one of the division series set for 7.35 p.m. Uh, the Guardians have their rotation set. The Yankees have their rotation set uh, and will be leading it off with Cal Quantrill, who, who uh, you know, I asked him uh, the morning uh, on Saturday, the morning of that 15 inning uh, uh, extra inning affair with the with the Rays. I said, uh, you know, you're ready to pitch tomorrow if you have to, but you kind of prefer not to. And, and he agreed. He said, yeah, I'd much rather be pitching on Tuesday. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he wanted the uh, the extra days off, and uh, it took 15 innings, but he got them. Uh, you know, with that one to nothing win on Saturday to eliminate the Rays, and it's going to be Quantrill versus uh, Garrett Cole in in Game One on Tuesday night, Joe. Yeah, Garrett Cole, the the old Cleveland playoff nemesis. The last two times uh, Cole has faced Cleveland in the uh, the postseason, uh, once with the the Astros uh, in the 2018 wild card game, our wild card series, and and uh, or I'm sorry, in the 2018 division series, and once in the 2020 wild card series, uh, he had 12 strikeouts and then 15 strikeouts, and uh, looked every bit of the dominant uh, ace pitcher that that Garrett Cole is is known to be. Uh, what are the what are the Guardians going to face going up against Garrett Cole? Yeah, he is. He's a handful, Joe, and and this season he's two and zero against uh, Cleveland as well. Uh, so he has dominated them in the postseason and the regular season. You know, there there was there's been a couple times where he hasn't had his stuff, and uh, I remember one game here, not this year, but last year when they just pounded him. Uh, so, you know, and he's had those kind of games. He's had a little bit of problem with the long ball, kind of reminiscent of, uh, you know, Tristan McKenzie. And, 
but unfortunately the Indians don't hit or the Guardians don't hit many home runs. So we'll have to see how it goes. But, you know, one way or the other, this they're going to have their hands full with Garrett Cole, who, uh, you know, who's, you know, they're paying, they're, uh, the Yankees are paying him $36 million a year for a reason. And the reason is to pitch games like this. Right, but you're right. He has looked mortal this year. Uh, there have been times where he can he can let innings get away from him and let games get away from him. Uh, he hasn't looked, you know, just completely uh, unhittable at, at at times. He's he's if you can work him, if you can you know work your your plan of attack as an offense against him, and and really the Guardians have to be be hoping to be able to to wear him down early and get him out of the game and get into that Yankees bullpen, which we know is. Uh, you know, suffered uh, many ma- many injuries and and some some questionable uh, uh, you know guys in that that mix, uh, including a Rollis Chapman, who won't be on the the Yankees postseason roster. Yeah, he uh, he took a powder, Rollis. He didn't he did not show up for a workout on Friday in the Bronx. Uh, he was in Miami and uh, and. Uh, Aaron Boone, uh, the Yankee manager, I guess, just said, uh, "Why don't you just stay there? Don't come back." And uh, so he is—he's not going to be on the uh, ALCS, ro- the ALDS roster. And uh, you know that is good news for Cleveland because even when he's going bad, which he has been this year, Chapman has kind of owned their soul. You know, in the regular season and in the postseason, even though uh, Raja Davis hit that uh, two-run homer against them in game seven of the 2016 World Series. This guy, you know, has really, he's dominated uh, uh, the Cleveland ball club. Yeah, it's uh, it's been that way. Uh, it, it seems like ever since that uh, that Rajay Davis home run, Chapman, you know, you've got even better against them uh, in 2017 uh, than uh, again in, in 2020. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's a good thing not to have to worry about him. But uh, the the starting the starters are what you have to worry about for the Yankees. Uh, Nestor Cortez in the in the second game he'll be going up uh, against Shane Bieber. And what we saw out of Shane Bieber on Friday, uh, we we uh, you know Guardians fans hope to see that again. Uh, the the dominant ace look out of Shane Bieber. Yeah, seven and two third innings against the Rays, one run, eight strikeouts. Uh, just uh, you know, really, really an encouraging performance. His only his second postseason start, and of course, his first postseason start came in 2020, in the uh, you know the 60-game sprint caused by the pandemic, and he got knocked around by the same Yankee ball club. So he might have a little bit of uh, you know urgency or some revenge in mind uh, when he takes him on Tuesday night. But I think I like the the role he's on, Joe. He's like what uh, you know, 12 and. Or like uh, nine and nine and two, ten and two in his last thirteen, fourteen starts. He's been pitching very well, and I I expect him that trend to continue. And Cortez, of course, an All Star, had a, a a career year, uh, starting for the Yankees. Uh, one time was was talked about as a potential Cy Young candidate, but uh, he's he's a guy who the the Guardians had had some troubles with. Uh, I believe he took a no decision in one of his games, and, and the other uh, he pitched uh, uh, to a win at Progressive Field in, in his two times facing Cleveland this year. Uh, Cortez can give them uh, a, a lot to to think about and worry about. Great, you know, great breaking pitches. Really, really a smart pitcher. 
you know, kind of sometimes throws below the hitting speed, but has, you know, just a really deceptive, uh, you know, uh, uh, I, he's like with, there's a lot of people in New York that feel he should start game one instead of Cole, but, uh, but so that's, you know, that's how much they think of him. So it, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be, you know, strength against strength because, you know, the best part of the Guardians team right now is that rotation or, you know, it's very, very good and next to the bullpen, but, and, and, you know, the, the, uh, the, the the uh, the Yankees pitch very well as well. That rotation is strong. Yeah, Cortez kind of gives me uh, Oliver Perez vibes, but for uh, out of a starter, you know, he, he comes at you with the 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 messed up timing and and the different arm angles sometimes. Sometimes he'll quick pitch you and and delay and hesitate on you. But uh, and the, and the breaking stuff is sometimes really filthy. But uh, he he pitches to guys and he doesn't overpower you with stuff. But you know when he needs to, he can he can rear back and get you. Uh, and then, of course, the the, the third game uh, th- that'll be back here in Cleveland on uh, Saturday matches Tristan McKenzie uh, against Luis Severino. Uh, Severino is, uh, I-, I believe, 2-0 against the Guardians in, in postseason play. Uh, this will be uh, McKenzie's uh, second time facing the Yankees. Of course, he, he pitched against them in 2020 in a relief role in, in uh, that wildcard series. Yeah, and he pitched really well against them at, in during the regular season at home, Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he, I mean, he really gave uh, Cleveland their only win against regular season win against Cleveland. So you know that's a good sign, and he really pitched well Saturday against uh, against the Rays. What six scoreless with eight inning, wait uh, eight strikeouts, just looked dominant. You know, just looked, uh, you know, everything was working for him. I mean, Carl Willis. Um, Cleveland's pitching coach was talking about him today in the interview room, just how calm he was, you know, during his bullpen. It was that, you know, that kind of professional calm that, you know, that comes when, you know, a guy, you know, knows he's good and has his good stuff and has his confidence. And I think that's the guy we're seeing, you know, coming down the stretch in McKenzie. Well, uh, a a win against the Yankees in the postseason would, would go a long way to making uh, Tristan McKenzie into a, a superstar even more than what he already is uh, here in Cleveland. Uh, and that, you know, that, that takes us to if the if the Guardians can can win a game uh, in the first three and push it to a fourth game, you, you would get what Quantrill coming back uh, potentially in uh, in game four at home, right? Yeah, you know, they've got a couple of different options if if it does get to game four. You know, you got Quantrill on full rest or you got Aaron Savali on full rest. You know, Savali, uh, Terry Francona said today that uh, Savali and Cody Morris are going to be added to the ALDS roster in place of, uh, you know, injured uh, Nick Sandlin and uh, lefty uh, Kirk McCarty. And, uh, you know, Savali and Morris are going to be in the bullpen for game one. But, you know, obviously both those guys are starters. But I think Savali would, Savali and Quantrill, that's kind of an interesting choice, you know, if if it reaches game four. And then even in game five, you know, you've got uh, the, the one guy, maybe you got Savali or Quantrill for game five, or you bring Bieber back on short rest. Yeah, that's uh, it's an interesting point, and just the opportunity to be to maybe be able to uh, pitch Quantrill on regular rest at home, where he has such a sparkling record, he's never lost at Progressive Field. Uh, so you know, just 
make a note of it that uh, that that's a potential uh, there in, in if the if the Guardians are able to force a game four uh, to to be able to see Quantrill pitching at home uh, on full rest uh, would would be uh, you got to think uh, an advantage for Cleveland. Uh, you mentioned Nick Sandlin. Uh, he left in the tenth inning of that 15-inning win against Tampa Bay on Saturday. Uh, turns out it was a strained Terrace Major. The the, uh, the dreaded Terrace Major muscle uh, <laughs> it, it, that we've heard so much about uh, dating back to, what, 2018 with uh, uh, with uh, Mike Clevenger, or I'm sorry, 2019 with Mike Clevenger. Uh, and, and it seems like ever since then that's been a, a, a big-time diagnosis for, for pitchers in Cleveland that they, you know, have, have had issues with this Terrace major muscle in their throwing shoulder. Uh, second time, uh, you know, in the in the last, actually in the last three years, uh, three years in a row now that uh, Nick Sandlin has, uh, three seasons in a row that Nick Sandlin has, uh, you know, had his season end with an injury uh, dating back to 20, what, 2019 when he was in the minors. Uh, Sandlin just did look like, looked like he was, he was throwing fine. And then all of a sudden he's, he's walking off the mound. Yeah, you know, he told me, I talked to him today, he's really disappointed. Um, and, you know, and he told me he, he felt it, you know, about two or three pitches into the to the, the Manuel uh, Margot at bat, you know, and, and it, he felt it initially, then he still retired the guy, you know, on a ground ball, still got him out. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the, uh, Austin Hedges, the catcher caught something, you know, he knew something was up. So that's why they went and got him and. And uh, Sandlin said it was the same injury as he had last season in August that, you know, shut down his season. And uh, he says, you know, it just, uh, you know, he knew, even though they took the MRI yesterday, he knew what what the injury and he knew he was, his season was over. So he was really disappointed. And, and uh, you know, it's going to hurt, uh, you know, that, that affects his bullpen, Joe, because, you know, the Yankees got a ton of tough right-handed hitters. And he is like dynamite against right-handers. I think they're only hitting what, you know, well under 200 against him this season. He's got that funky motion, that sidearm motion, a great movement on his on his slider, and uh, you know, so they're going to miss that. Yeah, and he's also a change of pace from you know some of the big boys that the the Guardians can roll out of there from the right side uh, out of the bullpen. You know, Trevor Steffen uh, gives him a different look because he's so big, he throws so hard. Uh, Angel De Los Santos throws hard, uh, and he's a big guy. But but Sandlin, you know, is that change of pace kind of guy who uh, messes with a, a lineup's timing, especially those right-handers, like you said. So yeah, they're gonna they're gonna feel that, uh, you know, and particularly uh, one guy who might benefit from that could be Aaron Judge, uh, the of course the the presumptive American League uh, MVP, uh, leading the league in. Uh, home runs and RBIs, second in batting average, uh, pretty much just his name all over the leaderboards in the American League uh, this past season. And and against the Guardians, he he batted what 235 this year. Uh, didn't have a you know a, a huge season. He walked five times in uh, you know 22 plate appearances. But uh, you know they they were able to pitch to him. I think he hit two home runs uh, against Cleveland during the regular season. But it's the playoffs, it's the postseason where Cleveland has the huge advantage against Aaron Judge. Uh, I, I, if my math is correct, in seven games all time uh, against the Guardians, dating back to the 2017 
uh, division series. Uh, the the Guardians have held Aaron Judge to a a, a, a zero a point zero seven zero batting average uh, and twenty strikeouts in twenty nine plate appearances. Uh, he does have one home run, and that was in the the twenty twenty wild card series. But other than that, he's got one other hit and and, and twenty strikeouts in twenty nine at bats. Uh, I think that's uh, you know pretty significant. If you're looking for trends and, and trends to give Cleveland hope in this uh, in this postseason, yeah, they've done a nice job against him, Joe. And uh, it was interesting uh, listening to uh, Carl Willis and uh, you know Cal Quantrill and uh, Austin Hedges talking today in the interview room about how they're going to approach Judge. You know, uh, they said uh, you know basically Quantrill kind of said we're not going to run away from him. You know, but uh, I like what Willis said. Willis said, we're not going to be stupid either. So, you know, so I think this is, this is a guy, this is, you know, you don't poke the 800 pound grizzly, you know, you, 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 you know, you take, you pitch to him in spots, you pitch to him when you have to, but other than that, you're, you're very careful with him. Yeah. Uh, what did he say? He ain't come out of nowhere is what Willis said. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, it's like, we, we, we've known about this, uh, this judge fellow for, for a few years now. Uh, so yeah, just to be able to, we, we know what the hype has been all season long. We've heard about it and we've, we've listened ad nauseum to the New York media talk about the 62 home runs and, you know, that chase and, oh, it's the greatest season, uh, for a, a right-handed hitter in the history of the game. And, uh, I, I, all the hyperbole and all of the fanfare and all that, uh, judge himself has been able to tune all of that out and just go to work and, and, and dominate throughout the year. but. It's the effect that all of that has on the rest of the lineup, I think, uh, because during that chase, during the that stretch where he was going for for 60, 61, 62 at home in New York, uh, you know, and every time he'd get walked or, you know, whatever was happening, the other guys in the lineup, you know, Stanton, Rizzo, Donaldson, uh, whoever else, they were getting better pitches. They seemed to, to sort of elevate their game as well. Uh, you saw John Carlos Stanton hit a, a walk-off grand slam in one of those games. So it's it's not like they don't have other guys in the lineup to step up. Uh, even if the Guardians decide to pitch and pitch effectively to Aaron Judge, they could still get burned. Yeah, you know, that's what uh, Willis was saying. You have to respect uh, Aaron Judge, but you also have to respect the eight other hitters they have in that lineup because they're all capable of beating you. Uh, you know, Fr- Terry Francona was saying something interesting. He said when the when the uh, when the, when the Yankees were banged up, when they had a lot of injuries, you know, they hit Judge leadoff so that they people would have to pitch to him. You know, but now that you know, like the guys you just mentioned, that Stanton and Rizzo are back in that lineup. Um, you know, he they can you know they're they're a little more dangerous. They can move him down in the lineup a little bit, and you know he's not. You know, he's so, you know, that that makes him that that whole, you know, New York uh, offense pretty dangerous right now. Well, you brought up uh, a, a word that I'm going to bring up again here and, and just reiterate it. It was respect, uh, you know, whether it's uh, a pitcher respecting a hitter or vice versa or a team respecting another team. Uh, the last time the Guardians were in New York, there wasn't a lot of respect going on between uh, the fans and the players on the field, particularly Stephen Kwan and Miles Straw out there in the outfield. Uh, there was an incident that uh, was pretty ugly. 
Uh, and that, that happened in the second game of their series out there in April. Uh, it caused a, a, you know, a, a situation where they had to bring extra security into the bleachers uh, for the Sunday series finale. Uh, it was something that really st- uh, stuck with uh, Miles Straw and a few of the players on the uh, the Guardians ball club. Are you know Straw coming out after the game, uh, you know, talking about how uh, the New York fans are the worst in baseball, they're trash, and and you know whatever he said uh, in his comments. Uh, how much of that was still on Cleveland players' minds today as they worked out? And as they were available to, to speak freely about it, you know, heading into tomorrow's series opener. Yeah, I talked to uh, Quan about it. He said he, he knows he's going to hear hear the fans uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, he said it seems like it happened a year and a half ago, but, you know, he knows that's, you know, they'll probably remind him of that. I did not uh, get a chance to talk to uh, uh, Miles Straw. I didn't see him in the locker room. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm sure, uh, you know, Terry Francona addressed it. He goes, it wouldn't be Yankee Stadium if if the fans didn't, get, you know, get on, get on the opposing players. Um, but he but he also added it's going to have nothing, absolutely nothing to do with the outcome of the series. Yeah, I, I think that's the uh, the high road approach. Uh, I know for certain that. Uh, you know, whatever they say publicly, whatever the forward face of, of their response to uh, that whole incident is, uh, they're still, you're not human if that doesn't affect you in some way and you don't use that as some sort of motivation in, in going back there and, and wanting to, to to sort of stick it to them. And the best way to do that is to, uh, you know, come out, uh, get on the board early and, and shut the fans down and, and give them nothing to cheer about. Yeah, you know, and Quan, uh, I think it would be nice to see Quan. You know, he he didn't have a great series against the Rays. They really pitched him well, and uh, he's got to get on base. You know, to start this offense, and this is a, this would be a good time to start doing it. You know, maybe just a little bit of a lull uh, that he that he hit, and and the Rays pitched him very well. But you know, um, maybe. Um, you know, this would be a good time to, you know, to, as you said, Joe, get a little revenge against uh, the Yankee fans. Well, uh, we we can't wait to see what the result of that is and, and, and what what happens when they, they get across the line there and, and, and get going on Tuesday night. Uh, Hoinsey, we'll look forward to all of your coverage uh, from game one. Uh, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe. Thank you.